Hello, how's it going? This is uh, another week of uh, quarantine. Uh, this is Gene. Unfortunately, uh, Diego couldn't make it this week. He uh, sends his regards, but I have with me on our uh, another episode of the Waffle Press our good friend of the show, Joshua Shelton. Hey, what's up? Good hey, man. This is uh, first time first time you've been on the show, so that's pretty cool. Um, I've known you for we've worked together like God, like six seven years ago. Yeah, I mean, we used to work together pretty often, I feel like. Yeah, it was like every short film we were on. Um, <laughs> our uh, friend Robbie Stivlin used to make them. Uh, used to do a lot of like ones in the summer. And then you'd help me on my short films. You were the DP on, uh, I made this like uh, short film was called The Only Room Left. And you were the DP on the reshoots. Was that, uh, whose movie was that, that, uh, we had to do like a fight scene in the backyard or something like that. Oh, in the backyard. It was like a party and there was a fight scene. I can't remember if it was your movie or not. I just I, always think about that. I think That's that cool. might that might have been Kyle Thor's. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because he DP'd the, his thesis film. And yeah, was, that's uh, right. Yeah, there's a big like drunken brawl. It was a good. It was a good film. It was called uh, Detox. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, give me <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, it's always great to talk to you. I love uh, your opinions, your takes on stuff. Uh, you're uh, just trashing the Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very, felt very cathartic because I had to review that for like, like two months. Yeah. And, yeah, and at the end, it got really soul crushing because it's just uh, hard to be positive sometimes on that show. Except for, <laughs> I really enjoyed the end, but that's just me. That was only- I, I have to admit, I stopped watching uh, <laughs> six episodes in because I had to. The only reason I watch it is because I had to do an episode on it for the show. Okay. And uh, that turned out to be like one of the most unpopular episodes. <laughs> like people hated me hating on The Mandalorian. Oh, man. They're, they're very protective of that show. It's. Uh... Like a, it just feels like a nostalgia, but then uh, if you if you talk about like Rise of Skywalker, everyone will just like fucking join you in curb stomping it. Mm. It's just uh, yeah, it's weird. Everyone's very protective of that show, so it's very cultish. Yeah, it's very cultish. I just uh, what's his name? Uh, John Favreau, who mm-hmm. wrote this like most of the series. Yeah. Man, he's such a talented writer, mm-hmm. and like, you you can tell he phoned it in. Like anybody that has any writing experience that has taken so much as just an online screenwriting class, like every mistake, it, it feels like a, a first year student's first draft script. Wow, it's just it's so awful, and then it, it just it doesn't make any sense it, it doesn't make any sense like on any level but again i only watched the sixth episode or so so maybe it got better i don't know yeah the last two uh i was, I was gonna say it's not to say uh Favreau isn't talented because he did uh direct excuse me wrote like swingers yeah exactly like he's a talented writer he's a really good writer so mm-hmm. there's only one answer here he phoned it in <laughs> he totally phoned it in for the check yeah well hey we'll see uh if you watch the second season if like he's trying because he's like directing now but we'll see oh maybe he's more invested maybe 
But uh, Yash, um, what, uh, what can you uh, tell us about yourself? Just uh, what you do, what you work for? Um, yeah. uh, so um, right now I'm the uh, lead writer for the infographic show on YouTube. Um, I always explain it as like it's one of those kind of popcorn facts show. You sit down for a lunch break, watch like a 10 minute video on what if, you know, Hitler had won World War II and it's just like fun stuff like that. Um, I think we're at 9 million subs right now. I don't know. We've, we've grown pretty big in the last like year and a half. We've had like pretty, pretty big growth. So that's great. Um, before that, uh, I was uh, much more involved with like the regular industry. Um, I was pitching a project over at Disney that got along pretty far. Um, but then I had to take a sabbatical from the whole thing for personal reasons. So I kind of transitioned from, I guess, the regular industry to kind of online YouTube, yeah. which has been interesting, really interesting. It's such a different beast. They, they really need to be teaching how to write for YouTube in, uh, in film schools. Yeah. Cause I feel like YouTube's just this like undiscovered country of, uh, just opportunity right now. I mean, we're, we're on oh, YouTube. No. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's really interesting just seeing like what like sells and, th and then like what's popular and like what just like won't move in terms of videos. Yeah. It's, it's a whole science. Yeah, it's a weird convoluted, but um, are you allowed to talk about the uh, the Disney thing? Because I was just going to compliment that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like there's not much to say, but yeah, I never signed like an NDA or anything. Oh, okay. Because yeah, Golem, you sent me the uh, one sheet. It was, uh, I thought that was like a really good premise and uh, good pitch, man. Thanks, I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, probably, yeah, I don't get yeah, we don't want to put that out there, but yeah, Golem, yeah, if that ever happens, yeah, that'd be awesome. There was, it's ironic because we were, you and I were just talking off the air, whatever, about yeah. uh, 2020 being the worst year ever. Yeah. Uh, right before like the pandemic hit, um, my best friend, who's the one who actually set up the whole, uh, the whole pitch over at Disney and stuff, she messaged me and she was like, oh, hey, um, I forget the guy's name. He's the president of music over there, who's the guy that I pitched to. Uh, he was asking my friend about uh, about the project. Uh, are you still like thinking about it? He's, he's clearly still interested. And it's like, wow, I haven't talked to this guy in like three years. So he remembered he must be really interested in it. Yeah. Um, so that was like in the air and then the pandemic hit and like everything oh. just shut down. So yeah. it was like, it was like fucking, it was like a fucking, like, like a more realistic, if you could call it like a Roland Emmerich film <laughs> where, where like a fucking catas like a cataclysm of shit just like happens like over yeah. a day or something like yeah. independence day is like what, like three days. Yeah, I think it's like a three-day apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you know, it was it was happening all over the world. COVID nineteen was spreading, but I don't know. I guess we're some people in the United States felt felt a little like hu some hubris because they're like, it's not going to come here. And then you start hearing reports like, oh, you know, offices, you know, we're gonna have like a cleaner. We're gonna maybe have some people working home. And by the end of like the week, it was like everyone's working from home. Everything shut down.
Yeah, I. It, it's funny you say that about like Americans having a bit of hubris about it because I, I've been thinking the same thing, and you know, geography has like sheltered Americans mm -hmm. so much. You know, um, mm -hmm. when you got two, you know, giant oceans on either side, like wars don't bother you, pandemics don't bother you, you know, refugee crisis don't bother you. So, like, historically, Americans have had it pretty sweet. You know, two world wars never once touched American soil except for, like, Pearl Harbor and some islands in Alaska. Yeah. Like, yeah, Americans are kind of insulated from, like, catastrophe just because <laughs> of geography. And I, I don't think people realize that. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty lucky. And, you know, like, our borders are, like, Canada, pretty chill there, and Mexico, which, you know, they don't bother anyone. We, we bother them. Yeah, exactly. You know? Two Bad stable countries. Yeah, but yeah, it was just, it felt like a fucking yeah. No, no one thought it was coming, even though it was just like it felt like this like uh like Michael Myers or someone just like stalking us. Like, oh, it's gonna fucking happen to you, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. It's slowly, slowly coming, and then bam, it's here. Yeah, we were like the was it like the like that really like hot hot chick in the horror film that gets killed first. That's yeah who doesn't even see her coming yeah she's just like looking the other way yeah but yeah man but no it's good to uh to work on youtube right now especially um have you have you felt like people have been subscribing more viewing more having like longer view times which you know some people are unemployed um some people are working from home they have just like stuff to listen to in the background now yeah, I, I always hate to say this because this obviously this comes up and I'm talking with friends and stuff like everyone's, you know, struggling for work. This whole thing has been so good to us. Like, it's so messed up, but it, it honestly has like people don't have anything to do. So they sit at home, they watch YouTube, they, they watch the show, they sub, um, our, um, our ad rates have gone down because, you know, people aren't really buying anything. Mm -hmm. But um, the sheer number of views have more than made up for, like, how much our, our, our ad rates have dropped. So I, I hate to say, but, like, the whole quarantine, everything's been really great for the show. Yeah. Very, uh, you know, like a silver lining, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels terrible when, like, you know that your friends are struggling for work, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, we we've, we've been having um like some increase in uh, a lot of numbers, like just random interviews we did on our channel with like at cons, conventions, like things that were just not moving before. Suddenly, get yep. like like ten thousand views. Yeah, that makes total sense. People are bored. Uh, I think. Uh, do you, do you think it's like a weird sort of like connection as well? Just how we uh interact now just like say if you have like a youtuber you really enjoyed you find yourself well i'm not interacting with anyone i'm staying at home you know the biggest interact maybe interact with like two or three people if you live with like roommates do you feel it's a uh, kind of um like making up for people that you can't see right now i think uh i think yeah you're totally onto something you know people people are lonely like yeah People are really lonely. Um, I think like one of the big reasons why TikTok's like exploded in popularity and stuff is because you can 
you can hop onto the app and just watch all these videos of all these people doing things and it makes you feel like a little less lonely you know it makes you feel a little more connected to, to the rest of the world yeah it's like a weird ready player one <laughs> yeah yeah it kind of feels like that except a lot lamer <laughs> how could yeah how could it have been lamer than like ready player one <laughs> if, like if any if maybe we were like obsessed with 80s like paraphernalia just random shit from it mm. start directing dressing like the 80s i guess it could be lamer I was, <laughs> I, I was at least wanting like a tron fucking reality or virtual reality <laughs> i won't take the matrix but i'll take like tron you know all the 8-bit graphics yeah like tron, tron legacy i don't know if you're a fan of that I like, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not like a fan of the story, but like, I, I like the aesthetics. Okay. Like you don't, you don't hate it. Like you hate like uh, Mandalorian. <laughs> no, Mandalorian is just garbage. Like it's just <laughs> poorly constructed garbage. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely don't, don't hate it the same way. I, I don't, I don't hate Tron Legacy. I really okay. don't. I enjoy it. I can watch it and enjoy it. Mandalorian. Yeah. I literally had to be paid to keep watching Mandalorian. Wow. That's, uh, geez. I mean, you only, yeah, I had to be paid because it's on the show, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's coming back, so maybe watch it again. Um, I was just going to say that, yeah, just going off of uh, just kind of how isolated we feel. Yeah, I mean, I would say that's, that's probably the main reason of TikTok, um, why people enjoy that. You know, you feel like you're hanging out with someone you yeah. feel connected yeah it's just a lot of uh missing connections right now yeah, yeah it's a lonely time yeah swear to god if tiktok tiktok gets banned it's like burning down the house <laughs> like whatever whatever the hell's going on with that i know there's concerns like there's legitimate concerns we we actually talked about that in one of our recent videos too yeah um, we totally predicted that it was going to move to to possibly get banned, mm. but there's there's legitimate concerns about the Chinese Communist Party's involvement right. with the app. Yeah, because they uh, they they have a lot of stake in it, and I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken, some uh, they do a bit of monitoring. I want to say. Well, it's. Uh, so it's common practice for the CCP to install political officers in uh, like really well-performing companies or companies that do a lot of business overseas. Mm -hmm. um, their economy is a weapon of the CCP. Mm -hmm. So they, they use their economy aggressively to try to shape perceptions in other, other countries or try to just gather intelligence uh, in other countries. So the big concern with TikTok was that uh, they're gathering a bunch of intel on uh, like I I'm not sure like the specifics of what it is that they're actually gathering. Yeah, but you you'd be surprised. You know, you can uh, you can learn a lot about people by their usage of like different apps. Yeah, I mean, look at the elections and how they're influenced by Facebook. Yeah, like Cambridge Analytica. But yeah, um, I don't know. We'll see with TikTok. At least give us back Vine. <laughs> yeah bring vine back <laughs> vine or whatever like vine 2.0 but yeah i mean uh some rightful concerns here and there but yeah i mean anything trump does it just seems just like bullshit questionable, yeah, questionable. no i totally get it like 
it's so hard with this guy to like for him to do something you'd be like oh wait that was actually the right thing to do but it's not really him it's all his advisors it's yeah the heads of the dod that are advising them like hey we need to do this we need to do that if it was him he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing sorry god damn um but just changing changing gears here uh and just on youtube um you also do another show, um, Fuzzy and Nuts? Uh, so I had to concentrate more on the main show since I took over uh, for all the writers since I became the head writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I used to do Fuzzy and Nuts. I'm kind of sad because that was like my favorite thing to write. I really yeah. love that show. I enjoyed quite a few of those. Uh, quite a few of those just like outrageous like, is it, yeah, there is a lot of, like, logic. Like, what would happen if you... God, what was it? Uh, like, drank the liquid nitrogen or, like, yeah. the worst jobs in the world, in, like, in history. I just liked it because, like, we, we geared that more for kids. So mm-hmm. it was more innocent. It was more pure. Yeah. And there wasn't, like, the main show we put out a video and we have to deal with like realistic topics. Like we did one on, you know, can China invade Taiwan? And we discussed that realistically. Um, and in the comments section, it's just a, it's just a shit storm. Oh, wow. <laughs> then you go to fuzzy and nuts and like, it's like pure, you know, it's like a breath of fresh air. And did you find with uh, fuzzy and nuts when they had the YouTube restriction for like kids, like this is, you know, like under, for under 18 or over 18, did you, uh, I'm not sure if you were still with, with the channel, but did you find that a little stifling? Um, by then I already moved to the, to the main show primarily. I was always doing the main show, but by then I had to move to like doing it primarily. Um, but it didn't really affect, uh, it didn't really affect either of the shows really. Like everyone expected it was going to be terrible. One of my friends was like, oh, you're going to be out of a job. Like, as always, it was hype. It, yeah. it was totally not a big deal. Yeah, and, you know, it's just basically like a parental control, which don't know if those work sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think it also uh, um, disactivates the comments as well. For, uh, yeah, some, right. uh, yeah. So, no, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think, you know, it does too much to kind of YouTube algorithm, but yeah, it's certainly something. Have you found, um, yeah, how, how have you found just like YouTube, just talking about, talk about like the mechanics of it where, you know, algorithms control our, our viewerships or even just as a subscriber on my own, like personal YouTube, like why am I, I, I like, I listen to, you know, like a speech from like, uh, like Noah, Noah Komsky. Then I get like recommended like Joe Rogan, <laughs> you know, like uh, like dismantles like like just like something fucking dumb. Like he dismantles like the like uh, establishment or something. And it's like it's just fucking Joe Rogan like high as fuck talking. <laughs> and you go you get, like such extremes, you know. You get like you could maybe watch like one Joe Rogan, and then you get like Ben Shapiro, and he's just like just wailing for an hour straight at the screen. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> talking to, singing the lyrics of a rap video that he doesn't like. <laughs> God, that was so cringe. It's like the cringiest thing I've ever seen. I know, it's cold. 
<laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, any anything you uh, what can you say about that, man? Um, our producer deals more with like the algorithm and stuff. Um, I'll admit, like I, I I'm almost exclusively on the creator side, and that's how I prefer it because like it just makes my brain hurt even just figuring out the audience already. Mm-hmm. But I know that like it's based off like what you watch and then what people who also watch that video, what they watch. Uh, so you got, you know, a bunch of people who watch Joe Rogan, who watch the video that you watched, YouTube's going to figure, Hey, maybe you like Joe Rogan too. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't, I definitely don't understand the technical side as well. And I, have purposely distanced myself. I deal mostly with like the creator side because even just figuring out the audience is its own challenge. Yeah, it's like an art in itself. Yeah, it's it's frustrating to say the least. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's just kind of our philosophy too. Just put out good content and hope for the best. You know, I mean, uh, just try not to put out like cringe. You know? Yeah. That's all. That's all I try to strive for. Like something yeah. you can, like regret or just banking off of like doing like Gingham style remix or something. <laughs> I mean, cringe works, but your whole channel better be about cringe. Yeah, that's kind of like choose like a niche topic or centered around that. Yeah. And yeah, it's just yeah, it's just fascinating to think about, but. We're kind of seeing we're in this like weird age right now where it feels like Hollywood is uh, it like it's like yeah Hollywood influences like YouTube and then that like forces it back where you get like influence influences of like YouTube and all the sort of personalities back towards like a mov- the movie making machine like I'm not sure if uh, the infamous app if you uh, watch any shows on that Quibi no <laughs> oh God it's uh. I'm going to say just a quick spiel on Quibi where they're like, oh, people love watching YouTube videos. Let's do like a whole fucking network on just like eight minute, you know, short attention span videos. Mm-hmm. And I believe it was like, God, like something like 400 million went into producing that. Uh, there was a variety report. This was founded by Jeff Katzenberg from DreamWorks. Uh-huh. He was a big uh, promoter of Quibi and he put a lot of money. They had two fucking lobbies. For people to wait for, it was it was like God, it was like something like out of uh, like a Dungeons and Dragons where it's like you're gonna wait in this like lobby, uh, you're gonna talk to this receptionist. If you get like the golden key, you can make it to the second lobby, and you'll wait there. Um, and after you like do some challenge, you could meet with uh, Mr. Katzenberg. <laughs> I don't know if that's like a weird power play, but like he spent fucking money on two fucking lobbies. Wow. Yeah, it sounds like a total power move. Yeah, it's just... And then, too, like, what the fuck? I, I don't even know. But, yeah, um, what, what, do you have any thoughts on Quibi? Because it's just fucking fascinating, I feel. I, do, I, I feel like uh, what maybe Hollywood's not realizing is that there's two media markets right now. There's the quote-unquote YouTube market, which is the online stuff, you know, um, TikTok, YouTube itself, um, Vine 2.0, if it ever comes back. Um, And then there's the traditional 
media market, you know, the, the Hollywood stuff. And I, I think it's a really terrible idea to try to overlap the two in such an obvious way. Um, people, people still want to watch their 30 minute, you know, TV episodes or 30, 60 minute episodics. They, they still want to watch their hour and a half, two hour long movies. They don't want you to distill that down to an eight, 10 minute format. Like it just doesn't fundamentally work. People don't crave that. Um, and trying to do so, I feel like it's just a, it's a mistake, you know, yeah. let, let YouTube people fill that niche. Mm-hmm back them if you want to you know um but don't don't try to like bring in your slick hollywood like you know empire and try to do these eight ten minute shows which don't really fulfill anything you yeah know? yeah it almost feels like uh like a reverse engineer of like uh like some technology and it's like it worked because you know it worked because it worked it's it was like its own like lightning in the bottle it can't be like replicated i mean sure you can make like a you can make a new coke but who the fuck wants new coke yeah it also kind of feels like you know the old guys trying to be cool to the teenagers like that's what it kind of makes me think of like hey fellow younglings yeah hey kids (laughs) i mean it it was some weird because i watched a few at a trial i'm like what is this there was like kind of a good sam raimi thing he did like a horror mini series with the chick with a golden arm. There was a, there was like a show with Anna Kendrick, uh, with a fucking inflatable doll, like a sex doll, that talks to her. And God, what the fuck? There was, there was just like weird vanity projects on there. So, you know, they gave like, you know, someone like Spike Jones or someone like, hey, do a series. Like, here's ten million dollars. Um. <laughs> and, and that's and that's like fundamentally just not YouTube or that sort of content where these are uh, these are things people make on their own time, their own sort of like nuts and bolts and grit, and yep. they make it they make it with like ingenuity. It's not a Hollywood system. It can't be uh, reverse engineered. It, it's its own sort of entity. Yeah. I think it's even too that like trying to do it in that much much smaller format like it just has its own writing problems you know yeah um i just i mean you you helped me shoot my my uh pilot oh yeah yeah my tv pilot mm-hmm. that was supposed to be 10 minutes and it ended up being a regular 25 minute show because it was just it was impossible to write in a 10 minute format and really satisfy that that TV feel. You know, you could totally do a webisode, but webisodes are by their nature a bit kind of um, superficial. You know, yeah. You never really get that emotionally invested in it. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, you know, it's kind of like a flickering sort of interest almost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the best I can describe it, but. Yeah, it's, um, I, yeah, I guess it's kind of just built into like a certain sort of audience, you know, it can't, you know, it's just hard to do that, right? Yeah, I mean, audiences uh, always have their own preferences, their own tastes, and we're kind of pre-programmed to like, we want these longer episodic formats for stories like that, don't, 
don't try to like distill them down into a YouTube experience. Yeah. Do you feel like uh, any, do you feel like it's any factor of age as well? Possibly. I mean, I feel like with something like Quibbly or Quibby, I forget, it's Quibby, right? Quibby, yeah. Yeah. That's clearly targeted at like younger people. Yeah. But I'm, I'm not sure if they really understood like the YouTube young people, you yeah. know? Um, I mean, we, we're in the top 100 most influential channels on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, based off like click-throughs and like you know people that come into the to our channel and go out of our channel not like influential as like personalities or whatever yeah Uh, so you know I I feel justified in saying we're pretty successful on YouTube Um, but we still like barely understand our audience like we have so many hits and misses yeah I mean there's nothing like a TV demographic or yeah, you can totally predict like when you when you write for tv you can totally predict the audience it's so funny because it's the same viewers really you Mm -hmm. know the same people are watching tv that they're watching youtube so you can you can totally predict what like a tv audience wants to watch but then you move the whole thing to youtube and it's like it's it's the wild west yeah everyone's shooting off their guns you have no idea what the hell's going on like I've been doing this for two and a half years now, I think, and I, mm-hmm. I still barely understand the audience. Jeez. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, yeah, it literally is like the Wild West. Cause, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, I'm just trying to figure shit out, trying to have my own, like, homestead. Yeah. <laughs> on the prairie. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, man, I mean, like, they're the same viewers. It's just, it's a different sort of format, and sometimes formats should be formats and looked as as just simply one format, you know? Yep. Like, I'm not sure if you remember, like, uh, when people were uh, trying to say, like, that Irishman was a miniseries, you could watch it as a miniseries. Uh, you know, this is where you have an act break, or this is where the second episode starts. But really, if you watch that movie, I mean, it's like three and a half hours long, but it's supposed to be viewed as just a fucking movie. I mean, right. you could go go back and, like, start watching again, but it's not... It's not a mini series. It's a fucking. It's a movie. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't even know if uh, Martin Scorsese would ever even do like a mini series. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah, just kind of figure it out as a format instead of like rebranding a TV show as a as a as a YouTube channel or mini series. I think is a good uh, rule of thumb. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like know your lane (laughs) yeah yeah pretty much Uh, i was gonna ask can you talk a little bit about some of the research that goes into some of the videos uh yeah um it's probably like i i always tell our writers our our new writers when they first come in um research like the most important thing that you can do like you you're on a platform where you are instantly fact-checked um it's it's unlike any other media platform that's ever existed. Even even newspapers don't come close because newspapers get to print and send their stuff out. And if there's anything wrong, a few days later it'll come back. You know, right? Um, with this, like the moment your video is live, right there in the comments section, and everybody that watches your video has access to those critiques. So like, 
Um, I always tell the writers like research is the most important uh, thing that you can do. We, uh, we try to kind of assign topics based off like writers already existing interests and what, you know, what they're already into. Mm -hmm. um, because in that way they already kind of know what they're talking about. Um, I, I follow a lot of like defense journals, a lot of defense think tanks. Uh, I follow a lot of like foreign policy, science and technology and stuff. So all that stuff, you know, I'm already kind of up to date on. So it's really easy for me to like write on that and be accurate. Um, but you know, we, we make mistakes. Uh, one of the things we don't do unlike a lot of channels is we don't really limit like comments. And if somebody like calls us out in the comments, like you got this wrong, you got that wrong. It, it depends if they're nitpicking, you're always going to have that, you know, yeah. you're always going to have the nitpickers. Um, right. you can't please everybody. Um, and if it's minor, it's not even worth addressing. Uh, yeah. But if it's something major, like we legitimately like messed up something big, we'll admit it. You know, we might not take the video down and do a complete re-edit because that would, you know, cost money. It's not worth it. But we'll we'll put like in the little note, like under the video title, you know, like, hey, we messed this up. Or we'll pin a comment like, oh, we messed this up, you know. Yeah, it's like a retraction. Yeah, and you, you got to do that. You got to be honest with the audience. You really do. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But yeah, when you're on YouTube, if you're making a show that's anywhere even remotely fact-based, you really got to make sure like CYA cover your ass. Yeah. Um, then there's other there's other types of episodes we do where more like discussions rather than sort of like we're informing you about facts. Like we do, we did an episode on. Um, how could Hitler have won World War II or something like that? Um, and we talked, you know, about hypotheticals and we base the hypotheticals on the facts of what happened and then we extrapolate from there. Mm -hmm. And inevitably, because, you know, YouTube's YouTube and everyone's a monster, you'll get <laughs> a bunch of comments and they're, you know, saying, uh, you're an idiot. No, it would have happened like this. It would have happened like that. It's like, oh. dude, you're speculating as much as I am. Only I guarantee you we're more informed because it's our job to be informed. Yeah. Yeah. You're having like, you know, actual fact checking. You're not just some random commenter. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, it's our job to learn the material and like stay informed on it. Yeah. But you know, if you're a fan of politics or you follow politics and you're already well aware of how convinced people can be of their own ignorance. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's just the nature of the beast of like social media. Yep. Everyone's got a voice. Yeah. How do you see, uh, just wrapping up here, how do you see YouTube uh, evolving in the next couple of years or fucking decades almost? I think, honestly, the internet's going to end up replacing TV almost completely. I, I haven't had a cable subscription in, I think, like over 10 years, actually. Oh. Um, it's easier than ever. I can get YouTube you know, on my actual TV, not just my computer, I can get Hulu, whatever. Um, I, I think like regular TV is on its way out because why sit there and watch something on TV where you got to deal with like commercial breaks, you know, you 
well, I guess you can't pause live TV now, but yeah. it's just so inconvenient. You know, nobody wants to watch commercial breaks anymore. Yeah. You can just watch the same show like online. Mm -hmm. um, With like a 90 second ad at most. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, I think YouTube and the internet's going to end up replacing TV a lot faster than most people think. Yeah. And we're in this funny place where like YouTube creators are drawing uh, as much or even more views than what TV channels are getting. Mm -hmm. um, I know for a fact we get more views than CNN. <laughs> like we get more views per month. We get like a little over 100 million views per month. Um, we get more eyes on our content than some TV channels get. And yet our ad rates are like a fraction of what a TV ad rate is, wow. which is all kinds of backwards. Yeah. But I, I feel that pendulum swinging, especially like this pandemic is really helping shift that pendulum because YouTube creators are, are having a heyday while TV productions can't get crews together. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, you know, they're trying to keep people safe, but you know, it's, it's difficult. It's, it's, it's difficult to film right now. And it's, yeah, especially just working. I've heard so many horror stories, just being a PA, shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think the content, like, you know, you'll have like a news, you'll have like the content, but it'll like physically move to the internet. I could, you know, see that through streaming and all, and all those different aspects of uh, just what online, the online uh, viewership is right now. Yeah. I think even like the TV shows that you tune in to watch TV for, even that's getting easier and easier for people to actually make outside of the studio system. Yeah. And if you're making something outside of the studio system, you're going to go to YouTube. You're going to go to Vimeo. You know, you can bypass all those barriers and get eyes on whatever you're making by just going directly online. I mean, cameras are no longer like a barrier of entry. You know, mm -hmm. a, a good DSLR and some lenses is only going to cost you like a thousand some dollars. Yeah. Um, or an iPhone. Equipment's so cheap. Yeah, or even, yeah, you could totally use an iPhone now and get that DSLR quality. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, you know, studios are really left making superhero movies <laughs> until, you know, the special effects programs become even cheaper and more realistic and more available to people. And then people make their own superhero movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll make, uh, yeah, we'll have like the most obscure characters, you know. Howard the Duck will eventually get his own like yeah. Someone online will make the, the Howard the Duck movie we all deserve. <laughs> yeah, instead of that fucking 80s movie. The 100% less creepy oh. bedroom scene. Yeah, that's, that's, I don't know how that got that past anyone who thought of that. Yeah, that. Like, you know, probably George Lucas thought of that, I don't know. I feel like someone with a fetish came up with that scene and like oh, was God. hoping people just wouldn't like call it out or anything. Yeah, if anyone hasn't seen that, there's uh they go to quite a few places with the romance between Howard and Beverly, which let's leave that unsaid for right now. But you, it's well, quite uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> what a what about weird movie. But yeah, I don't know. Well maybe yeah, maybe we can make our own superhero films. Yeah. Take that money. But yeah, it's it's you know, it's evolving, it's constantly like you could predict one way the 
the app is going and it'll go 10 different directions. So I guess let's just keep, keep our eyes peeled on it, man. Yeah. Yeah. And just wrapping up here, what, what, um, where can people follow you at? What uh, social media you would want to promote, Josh? Uh, oh God, don't follow me. Just go subscribe to the show, the infographic show on YouTube. Uh, we have a spinoff, the military channel. Um, check out fuzzy and nuts unfortunately that's no longer in my wheelhouse but still a fun show yeah cool cool we'll put uh links below to each of those channels and uh guys uh be sure to check it out um thanks for joining us josh i really appreciate your time and you know just giving your just your expertise and like uh your just knowledge on uh, all these different topics man really appreciate yeah, it yeah it was fun yeah and Oh yeah. No, I think they will. And you could follow us on, you could follow me, excuse me. Got to promote myself. G9892 on Twitter and Instagram. You could follow the Waffle Press on Twitter at the Waffle Press on Instagram at the Waffle Press podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, uh, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Please like, share, subscribe. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We've been professionally unprofessional.